we are back. We have been building this brand new studio. People often said, Dave, we want to see more of you. I said, that's a totally different type of show. And then obviously I said too much and I'm not exactly sure what I said that was bad. No one ever told me, but one day they're like, nope, can't have this anymore and they fired me. And that's why independent media scares the F out of the machine. Strike Force 5 is the name of our podcast. Subscribe to it now. Can you imagine anything worse than that? I can't. How that man didn't go home right after that, open up his mouth, cock a gun, and blow his brains out. You're not gonna get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, she has COVID. Uh, she's double vaxxed and double boosted, and she has COVID. Literally every bit of it was nonsense. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated. There was no, there was no compulsory vaccination. People made their own choices. And so it follows that if customers must be vaccinated, then so too must the workers. If you are vaccinated, you are fired. I am not gonna have your freakish blood anywhere near me. That's the way we're doing it, okay? I'm not risking it. I've got kids now. I can't have you weirdos near me. People, it is September 6, 2023. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and locals. Share, subscribe, tap that notification bell if you have not. We've got a post-game show over at rubinreport.locals.com for our paid subscribers. And you can also chat with the team during the show if you'd like to join us. If you want to get me information, correct me, or anything else live on air, it's all possible, but you got to be a member, rubinreport.locals. Dot com. It is day two in the new studio. You know, I said to you guys yesterday that some of this we're still changing on the fly. We have a couple new camera angles that will be coming in soon. There's a camera angle for you. Right there. Uh, we're going to have a sliding camera. Do we have the ability to slide that thing today? Or we'll debut that maybe tomorrow? Couple days, we will have a moving camera. All sorts of stuff is happening. Uh, but as I mentioned to you guys yesterday, we wanted to hear some of your feedback on this, which I was thrilled to see that everyone really, really loved it. A uh, couple people did mention some things. So we have a new light shining up on me right now. So it's a little more balanced. Uh, we also added a light where over here on the uh, wood wall over here. Uh, and uh, we're working it all through. So I thank you for your patience and I'm really glad that everyone's digging it. Oh, and I also wanna mention that this uh, painting right here, uh, a lot of people asked about that. That is a print, it's called Arete. It is a print, the original is actually in my house, a brilliant artist, Kaylin Rose Janet. You can go to kaylinrosejanet.com. Uh, I have the original in my house, but this is a print of that, and you can get that print if you want. Kaylin Rose Janet, C-A-Y-L-I-N, rosejanet.com. We will put her info in the description. I don't want any cash off that. That's just uh, some nice artwork in your home. Before we get to the big show today, I want to mention something that happened yesterday as we were as we were doing the show. We played you a clip of RFK Jr. and he uh, mentioned how that the CIA basically is placing people at big time uh, news organizations, places of journalism, air quote, you got it. Uh, places like the Daily Beast and places like Rolling Stone, et cetera, et cetera. And he mentioned specifically this guy, Noah Shackman, who was once the editor-in-chief of Daily Beast, 
And I think now is the editor-in-chief of Rolling Stone, if I'm not mistaken. And when I heard him say that, I go, wait a minute, I've been in fights with this guy. This guy has written many things about me and called me and my friends lots of mean things. And we were looking for the tweet. We found it. So I want to show you this. Look at this. This is five years ago. This guy, Noah Shackman, who at that time was the editor-in-chief of the, Bailey, the Daily Beast, uh, they called me an alt-right cheerleader. Uh, they included, of course, Glenn Beck in that and Steven Crowder. Other articles included uh, Jordan Peterson and many others. I got into a big uh, Twitter spat with this guy. I mention this, as I often say on this show, not to make this about me. But now I want to throw you, I want to throw to you this clip of RFK Jr. saying that this guy, Shackman, who was calling people like me and Crowder and Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson alt-right and alt-right adjacent and alt-right cheerleaders and everything else, apparently he's in bed with the CIA. Listen to RFK. There's a provision in the CIA charter that says that the CIA cannot propagandize the American people. President Obama adopted in 2016 that essentially reopened the door for Operation Mockingbird so that the CIA began once again to, um, to propagandize American and people. how are they doing that? High-level intelligence officials are, or people associated with the intelligence industry, are running those journals, like Noah Schlachman, who runs Rollingstone, uh, who came from Daily Beast. Daily Beast was run by John Avalon, who was, you know, who has deep ties to the intelligence uh, agencies. I mean, is that connected to everything else that we talk about on this show, or what? Again, not making it about me, but this guy who RFK Jr. and let RFK Jr.'s words stand on their own. If you, can, if you can punch holes in it, if you can prove that he's a conspiracy theorist or a liar, please send us some info and we'll go. He is saying that this guy, Noah Shackman, has connections with the CIA and the FBI. And they basically, they place people to run Daily Beast, Rolling Stone. He talks about Washington Post. Uh, he talks about New York Times, et cetera, et cetera, to push propaganda on the American people. That Operation Mockingbird uh, that that's exactly what it was designed to do. And Obama allowed it to once again be pushed on the American people. So it makes you wonder, why would our intelligence agencies, agencies place a guy like this Noah fella at, say, the Daily Beast or Rolling Stone to then write really awful things, alt-right cheerleader, Dave Rubin. I mean, that's basically saying Nazi. That's what they were trying to say five years ago about me. You think this is connected to the things they say about Trump supporters, to anyone who fights the woke mob, etc. You get it. We shall obviously continue to talk about this more, but the theme of today's program is human nature and the human condition. Because as I often talk about on this show, one way or another, you end up believing in something. There are an awful lot of people who want to think that they are so evolved, they are so smart and so bright, and we are so modern in our thinking, uh, that they don't worship anything at all, right? That through their own thinking, they can come up with, with the reality of the nature of the universe. Uh, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. There was a time in my life where I guess I did agree with that, or I was one of those people. Uh, but it has become fairly obvious to me, especially over the last couple of years, especially after watching COVID tyranny uh, envelope, basically, all of our institutions and our sense-making apparatus, that if you do not worship something, usually known as God, uh, that you will end up worshiping basically anything. And what usually steps into that vacuum is government power. 
Now, I mention this today because it has become fairly obvious over the last couple of days that COVID-2 is on the way, and it's on the way just in time, yeah, for the election, which is just over a year from now. They seem to want to bring COVID back. They seem to want to bring masks back and more injections back and everything else, and uh, I, for one, am not going to have it. I hope you will not have it either. Uh, let's talk about Patriot Supply real quick, and then we'll unpack all of the nonsense that they are about to unpack on us. Uh, do you guys get the feeling that something bad is about to happen soon? Man, this ad really nailed it for us today. Uh, I certainly do. But between the distractions and smoke screens in the media, we probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to invest in emergency food right away. As they say, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Head over to my website, preparewithruben.com, and you'll save $200 on your three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Enjoy, enjoy a wide variety of delicious meals, offering over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under stress. Stock up before panic sets in. Free shipping is automatic and your order ships fast. Go to preparewithruben.com. That's preparewithruben.com. And now back to me. All right, so let's go into what the machine is pushing on us and actually why they're pushing it on us and what the mental state of the people who consistently get duped by the machine and then ask for more of it is actually all about. Here is Tucker Carlson on what the average Democrat voter is like. The ruling party is the party of the childless, the unmarried, the people who are working for low wages for large corporations and living in tiny apartments in overcrowded cities that are rife with crime, working for big nonprofits or big banks, living in crowded conditions, very often alone in big soulless cities, spending their time glued to a screen. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like prison, actually. Well, that's the life of your average Democratic voter. Okay, so he's being a little glib there, but I would say it's just a little glib. You know, we usually talk about the red-blue divide, right? We have, right? We have Democrat states and Republican states, and certainly over the last few years of COVID, we've seen a wider chasm between those things, and I would say that's actually a beautiful thing because the experiment of America is if you don't like the high taxes, and the ridiculous government oversight and overreach in, say, a place like California, you can move to a place like the free state of Florida. And somehow, without any income tax here in Florida, we still have roads. It's really bizarre. Okay, that's one thing. But the other piece that's not purely connected to, like, red-blue is the way people live. And that's what Tucker is talking about, that in these blue cities, because almost all of our big cities are blue, right? New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago. These are cities that have been run by Democrats for decade after decade after decade. Occasionally, like in New York City, you get a little red blip like Rudy Giuliani, and that then uh, causes an incredible economic expansion and cultural expansion, which then, of course, you get... Uh, Democrat socialists like Bill de Blasio who come in after a guy like Giuliani and ruin the entire thing. Uh, but the difference really is not just Republican, Democrat, uh, liberal, conservative. It's that the people that live in big cities versus the people that live in the rest of the country. And I don't mean just that you're living on a ranch in Montana. If you just like live a little bit outside of the city, if you have a little bit of land, if you can grow a little bit of food, if you're just a little bit out of the day-to-day uh, endless churning craziness of the city, you become less reliant on the machine. The Democrats really love P 
people who are reliant on the machine. They want to tell you what to think. They want to regulate what soda you can or cannot have, what you're injecting in yourself, whether you'll go to school, what you will learn at that school, et cetera, et cetera. And this is directly related to the fact that most of the Democrat party at this point, the base is purely sort of secularism on steroids. Now again, I'm not telling every, I'm not telling anyone actually what to believe or how to worship or anything else. But to get again to the thesis, if you don't believe in something, you will just believe in exactly what is happening right now. And you will look for answers from people who actually don't have any answers at all. Uh, here's a bit on that uh, from my friend Russell Brand. When it says in the Old Testament, worship no other gods than me, the implication I offer is that we are a species that worships, and if you do not access the divine, you will worship the mundial, you will worship the profane, you will worship your own identity, you will worship your belongings, you will worship the template laid before you by a culture that wants you, no, wants you, but gets you distracted and relatively dumb. Okay, so what's interesting about that is, okay, he's, he's laying out something similar to what I've laid out here. I don't think there's anything wrong with material things. I don't think there's anything wrong with capitalism. I don't think there's wrong with having a big house or the cars you want or whatever you want, boat or yacht, whatever you want. But that cannot be the sum totality of everything, right? It just simply cannot be. But once you disconnect belief in something other than what's happening here, right here and now, then when weird things happen, say COVID, say they just tell you there's a pandemic, whether it's real or it's not, you will end up worshiping the power that you've ceded to them, right? You will worship the people who somehow seem like the expert class. A perfect example of that, I think we showed you this video yesterday, it's very short, is a guy like Anthony Fauci, who will not only be responsible for COVID through gain of function research that we were funding, NIH was funding, he was funding, at the Wuhan lab, not only responsible for it, but then we'll get everything wrong throughout it and people will still listen to him time and again. First of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. And the record will show, Neil, that we didn't recommend shutting everything down. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Uh, and that was very difficult decision because I knew it would have serious economic consequences, which it did. The guys just made note, we actually didn't show you that video yesterday. We had it in our rundown and we dropped it at the last second. But you get the point that these people, once you say, oh, Fauci is automatically a good man, that these are the good people who will tell us how to live and all of those things, they will keep getting things wrong. But a certain set of people will keep following the crumbs that they are laying out behind them. So what is the point of all of this? Well, the irrationality, the fear that they instill into everybody starts becoming what our actual sort of cultural, what our, what our cultural norms are. If, if everything they tell us is to be afraid and to be angry and to be pissed and hate the other and be afraid of going outside and all of these things, it starts doing something to our very souls, which then how long can a society last like that? So we thought this video is interesting. Uh, this is a video uh, in the first few weeks, right before COVID really blew up. So this is March of 2020, right before lockdowns, right before mask mandates, a bit before injections and all of that. 
This is Rachel Maddow. Now listen to her sort of calmly at this point. And this is very different than the Rachel Maddow we've come to know in the last couple of years. But right before COVID, sort of calmly explaining what might happen with COVID. It's likely to spread around the entire world. A lot of people are going to get it. Potentially most of the world's population are going to get it, which sounds terrible. But it, the, of most of the people who get coronavirus will not die from it. Okay. Um, it's got about a 2% fatality rate. Um, and the way that we all need to deal with it, although it is a, a new threat, we've never seen this virus before, it's actually very old-fashioned ways of protecting ourselves. You do all the things that you do to protect yourself from getting a cold or from getting the flu. We don't have to do anything outrageous. We don't need to change our lives drastically at an individual level. You just need to be more vigilant about washing your hands, make sure you don't develop patterns where you don't touch your face. Uh, that's the way that we tend to give ourselves colds in the flu. So at an individual level, there's no reason to panic, but it's a serious thing. I saw somewhere they said, don't sneeze or cough on people. I go, were we doing that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> were people doing that? New Year's resolution? <laughs> it's like, I'm going to stop coughing this. on people. I really yeah, I'm get, not getting invited back to parties. But yeah. I've seen a lot of the masks around the city. Is that a... That's what? probably not a, not a thing. Um, no. I mean, you're seeing it, but it's probably not that smart. The Surgeon General actually put out a statement which was like, you guys, stop buying masks. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I saw that. If you are sick, if you have respiratory symptoms, that's, people are wearing a mask in that circumstance because you're trying to avoid giving it to other people. Gotcha. But in terms of being a healthy person and trying to avoid getting infected, that's probably not, not that right. Man, isn't that wild? Like, relative to everything we know of Rachel Maddow, and now we're going to show you a clip of her going crazy during COVID, which is more consistent with the Rachel Maddow that you guys know. Isn't that wild? Right before, oh, we could just deal with this the way that we've dealt with the cold and the flu. Let's not go crazy with masks or anything like that. You know, try not to sneeze on somebody. Like, there was this calmness. They could joke about it and all that. But then everyone starts ceding power to the machine, ceding power to the bureaucrats like Fauci, to the media members like Maddow herself, and then they start going crazy on power. Here is Rachel Maddow just 13 months later in April of 2021. It is okay to feel reluctant or oogie or scared and not want to get it. That is nothing to be ashamed of. But feel the fear and do it anyway. Get it. Because most of all, it is not for you. It is to keep you from getting it and then spreading it. Seriously, if I can get it and like have such an emotional release from the fear and anxiety and relief and gratitude about it that I can cry through it like a baby in front of lots and lots of other people, including lots of people in uniform. If I can do it, you can do it. I do not recommend this angle for your selfie, nor do I recommend wearing a hat with a binder clip on the brim, but you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. So remember guys, before COVID, right? Before she realized that this was gonna be able to be a major power grab, before many people like her, it's certainly not just her. It's not just the members of the media and the bureaucrats like Fauci, it's the politicians and all of the people who grabbed whatever they could to control you in whatever way they could. The people who were selling masks, whatever it might be. Uh, they went from calm and cool and collected to that. We showed you the video yesterday, which we've shown you many times before, of her telling you, for a fact, if you get that vaccine, you ain't gonna get nor transmit COVID, just like Joe Biden said, right? Of course, Joe Biden's wife, Jill Biden, has COVID right now, as you know. 
So why am I taking this trip down memory lane? Well, it is becoming fairly obvious that they, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm choking while I'm doing this, <clears throat> that they are bringing COVID back because we have this election and God knows what else they will bring back or they're just running the test on us or, or whatever else. Uh, and we cannot fall for it again. So we'll get to that on the other side. Let me talk to you about Moinkbox real quick. Uh, you guys know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. There's a better way, guys, and I want to tell you about Moink. That's moo plus oink. I haven't said that in a while. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm just does it better. The Moink difference is the difference you can taste and you can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes, chicken breasts, to pork chops, to salmon fillets, and much more. You can cancel any time and Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. Plus, ladies and gentlemen, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get free ground beef for a year. That's one of the best ground beef you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so our they bringing COVID back? Well, it sort of seems like it. Uh, yesterday on our show, uh, because The View is on at the same time as us, Brock let me know that live on The View, they announced that Whoopi has COVID. Um, as you can see, Whoopi is not here. She has COVID. Yes, it's back. It's back. It's back. But she's on the mend. She's on the tail end, and she'll probably be back this week. But I'm sorry she's not here. For those of you who are looking forward to seeing her. Whoopi has COVID. Oh. <laughs> That's good, guys. That's good. These acting lessons you're taking, they're really doing well. Um, so Whoopi's got COVID. And then Joy is like, oh, she'll be back in a couple days. It's like, what happened to you got to lock down, you got to stay in a room, you got to wrap a plastic bag around your head with duct tape and the whole thing. Anyway, so, okay, that's just Whoopi having COVID at the season debut of The View. But it does seem like the machine is kind of trying to scare everybody. You guys know CNN's resident doctor, Sanjay Gupta. Here's what he tweeted out yesterday because schools are starting up. He wrote, schools around the country are back in session just in time for respiratory virus season. What are your back to school questions? When it comes to COVID-19, RSV, or flu, I'll try to answer as many questions as possible this Wednesday on CNN This Morning. So yes, it is the fall, and people do tend to get a little more sick in the fall because the weather's changing. It's a little cooler in most of the country. And yes, kids then are around each other. Back in my day, I'm a child of the 80s. You'd go to school, somebody might be sick, they might take a day off, everybody would deal with it. Your teacher might be sick, you'd have a substitute teacher. You didn't close school down, you didn't shut kids out for a year and everything else. But anytime I think of Sanjay Gupta, I'm always reminded of this important uh, message that he let us all know a couple of years back, you may remember this. There are stories circulating on the internet that in India and elsewhere, the drug Ribavarin has been shown to be effective against this virus. 
Yet, Homeland Security is telling the CDC not to make any announcements until stockpiles of the drug can be secured. Well, Dr. Gupta, there continue to be evaluations of several drugs. Ribavirin is among them. But right now, our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently. You see what we just did there, guys? Uh, Sanjay Gupta, and they even refer to him as Dr. Gupta in that, uh, sitting across over there from, what's that, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, that's from the movie Contagion. Before COVID ever came out, there's a, it's, Contagion is an absolutely spectacular movie, by the way. Uh, but before COVID, there was the movie Contagion, and Sanjay Gupta was playing Sanjay Gupta, talking about an imaginary drug and social distancing and not touching people and everything else. These people are actors. They are actors, and we have put actors in charge of our lives. And I took an acting class, actually, about 15 years ago, and I can tell you this for sure. Actors are morons. Uh, but speaking of morons, actually, and people that shouldn't be in charge, uh, Clay Travis tweeted this. That, that wasn't a shot at Clay Travis. This is a shot at the people that Clay is referencing. <laughs> speaking of morons, here's Clay Travis. No, I love you, Clay. I love you, Clay. Uh, Clay saw this. A D.C. area elementary school, Montgomery County, Maryland, is reinstating a mask mandate, N95s, for third graders over a few kids testing positive for COVID. Here's the letter. They're coming with masks for your kids again. Get ready. Read this insanity. And then he, uh, he screen captures the whole thing right there. Guys, once again, as we referenced yesterday, masks do not work. Okay, even N95 masks most likely don't work. And even if they did, the damage you are doing, especially to a young person, a third grader putting them in this thing, I cannot believe this is where we're at again, but the damage, you're gonna put them like they're Bane. At least Bane could breathe through that thing. But the damage, they can't see their friends. They can't smile. They just bow to the system. They become little cogs in a machine. It is just so evil. And I wanted to mention this one. We showed you this one yesterday, but just real quick from Jay Bhattacharya over at Stanford. It's not just uh, elementary schools in Maryland. It's places like University of Michigan. At the University of Michigan, students testing COVID positive must leave their dorms for five days and live in the community. A hotel room or a relative's house is okay. This cruel policy is designed to spread COVID from the university into the wild. It won't stop COVID from spreading. It makes no sense, as I talked about yesterday. If you have a kid at a college who's got COVID, let him spread it with a bunch of young, healthy people, and maybe they'll have the sniffles for a little bit like they would with the flu. You don't send them to grandma's house. You morons. All right, we talked about Sanjay Gupta, but it turns out that every cable news network has a Gupta. I didn't know about this Gupta, but over on MSNBC, they've got a guy by the name of Vin Gupta. You've got to have a Gupta. And here's Vin Gupta on the boosters and the rest of the nonsense. Real quick, if you will, who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up, uh, we're gonna have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully, and those will protect, we believe, very strongly against these new versions of the virus. I think it's possible that Vin Gupta might be the worst Gupta. He might be worse than Sanjay Gupta. This sounds like a, like a Seinfeld episode, doesn't it? How many Guptas? Where, <laughs> um, 
Six month olds getting COVID vaccines? No effing way. My kids are not being injected by that crap. And the fact that anyone in their right mind would listen to these people, but bringing this back to what we talked about before, what was Tucker saying? There's these people, they live in these big cities, they've sort of acquiesced uh, to the machine, they, they don't think for themselves, they turn on channels, they're Democrat voters, so they turn on channels like MSNBC, they see Vin Gupta, for some reason, there's something about having an Indian doctor, obviously, that allows people to think that this person is more relevant or something. Like, they've got a Gupta, we've got to get a Gupta. Why would you listen to these people anymore? Why? Don't. I know you're watching this, so you won't, but you should tell someone else that you know that might be listening to this nonsense about that. Uh, but it's not just coming back in the media or in the schools. It's coming back at the White House. Uh, because yes, they are now encouraging Americans to get updated vaccines and uh, it might be more coming soon. Here's cringe Jean-Pierre. Widely available at-home COVID tests, widely available effective treatments, which can reduce the risk of severe illness, hospitalizations, and death. We will be encouraging, as I have said before, Americans to get their updated COVID-19 vaccine in addition to their annual flu shot and also RSV vaccine. No, no, I'm not getting the COVID vaccine. I'm not getting the flu shot. I don't think, I think maybe once about 25 years ago, I got the flu vaccine. I think my mom convinced me once right out of college, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not getting the RSV vaccine. I don't even know what that is. I'm not getting any of this. I don't care about your recommendations and you should be embarrassed lady to even have that job. Uh, as we pointed out yesterday, Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, she's a doctor, she should have known better. She has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, so then because of that, and remember when someone that you, I assume that Dr. Jill Biden and the elderly man pretending to be President Joe Biden, I assume they sleep in the same bed and he's ancient, right? The guy's 164 years old with dementia. Uh, you would think that uh, he would have COVID now. Apparently they're telling us he uh, does not have COVID, but here's cringe Jean-Pierre once again on what Joe Biden will be doing now that Dr. Jill Biden has COVID. President Biden tested negative last night for COVID-19 and tested negative again today. He's not experiencing any symptoms. As far as the steps he is taking, since the president was with the first lady yesterday, he will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC guidance. And he, as, as has been the practice in the past, the president will remove his mask when sufficiently distanced from others indoors and while outside as well. Oh, you're gonna love this, guys. So three hours after that, just after she said that Joe Biden will be masking indoors when he's around people, he was given a uh, Medal of Honor ceremony to an army captain and uh, this guy's, no youngster either, and there's several hundred people in the room, and here's Jill. Do you get how insane this is? You've got cringe Jean-Pierre saying he's gonna mask, he won't be inside with a lot of people. Then they find the oldest man around, right? They were like, can we find somebody older than Joe Biden? They find this guy, God bless him. Thank you for your service, Semper Fi, okay. I don't, I'm not making fun of this guy. But then Joe Biden's standing right next to him in this room with people just after she said they're gonna follow CDC guidelines. They of course don't follow the CDC guidelines they want you to follow. And by the way, 
uh, Joe Biden actually left at the wrong time. He wasn't supposed to walk out of the room at that point. They were about to do the prayers. He just wandered off. May God have mercy on our souls. But speaking of all of that, we've got a tweet from Alex Thompson about what people are starting to come around when uh, it comes to Joe Biden. New Wall Street Journal poll, 73% of voters say they feel that Joe Biden is too old to seek a second term, compared with 47% of voters who said the same of the 77-year-old Trump. Two-thirds of Democrats said that Biden was too old to run again. I want to focus on the, on the two-thirds part for just a second. Two-thirds of Democrats are saying it. So if that's the case, if we're to, and Wall Street Journal's fairly reputable, I would say, in, a, in an age when almost nothing is reputable, two-thirds of Democrats are saying, this guy is too old to do this again. We all see the wandering and the confusion and everything else, and yet they will not put, say, a guy like RFK Jr., who is polling around 20% within the party, they will not let the guy debate. What does that tell you about the machinery of the DNC? I think you can figure it out for yourself. Uh, anyway, Democratic activist over on CNN, Jake Tapper, had cringe Jean-Pierre on the show yesterday to talk about Biden's age and unpopularity. Press poll finds that most Americans believe that President Biden is too old to be president. The poll looked at 80-year-old President Biden versus 77-year-old Donald Trump. 77% of adults say Biden is too old to be president. 51% of adults say Trump is too old. And if you look at the breakdown by party, Republicans generally don't think of Trump's age as an issue, but both Democrats and Republicans agree Biden is too old. The thing that the president is able to do is deliver, really move forward historic pieces of legislation, change the lives of Americans for generations to come. And that is what we focus on, the president's record and what he's been able to do. Look, people have come after the president about his age. They did it in 2019. They did it in 2020 leading into the general election. And they, they did it in 2022. And guess what? He beats them every time because he has his finger on the pulse on what it is that the American people need. He talks about issues that really matter to the American people. And he is delivering. Is there more work to be done? There's always more work to be done. But we are happy to take that on. Certainly not going to talk about 2024. But I, what I can speak to is what the president has been able to deliver day after day for the American people. Okay, so you're part of the 23% of adults... <laughs> who is not who are not concerned about the president's ability to be president because of his age and stamina. I got it. He has his finger on the pulse. The man barely has a pulse. What are we doing? What are we doing? Of course, she's just giving you talking points, right? She's nothing. She's just like you could unzip her and inside you would just see nothing because she is just in service to the machine. Everyone, look, it's not specifically about the age, okay? It's about the cognitive situation that clearly has declined, even just since he's been president. It was fairly obvious to most of us before, right, when he was running. It was obvious to us when he was vice president. Then we had four years where he wasn't involved at all. Then he starts running again, and it was obvious then. They hopped him up on Adderall or whatever else they do. Remember then the one debate, his eye exploded, probably from the drugs. Like, who the hell knows what's going on there? In my estimation, it's not purely about the age. Like, could you be 81 and highly, highly functional and capable of this job? I suppose that you could. It's highly unlikely, but it ain't him. 
That's the obvious part. Even at 77, Trump, like Trump has clearly lost a step. The way he speaks, the stilted, repetitive nature of a lot of the stuff, like something is not quite right there either. It doesn't mean that Trump is on his way to dementia the way that Biden is, but age takes a toll on everybody. There is a difference between the way the average 23-year-old uh, acts and behaves and speaks and the, and the speed and the cognition and the, all of that versus the way the average 83-year-old does. We all know this. Now I want to throw back to, uh, to Tucker Carlson and Dave Portnoy because they talked about uh, the Trump and Biden age thing and, and something surprising came up here. To be honest, I think both Trump and Biden are too old. I, I think there should, I don't think you should be able to be that old and be president. Uh, but I think Trump certainly is more aware. I mean, I, I think Biden has got some serious dementia issues. Oh, like how that is the president, I don't know. And that's not a Democrat because I said about both. It's like uh, Mitch, McG Mitch, the guy who had the stroke doing the speech the other day. Mitch McConnell. Yeah, like what? how, how are these people running our country? I agree 100%. That's the interesting thing about that, right? Like it's one thing for Dave Portnoy to say, okay, Biden and Trump are both old. The fact that Tucker, who is largely in the Trump camp, of course, right? I think he likes DeSantis too. That's fairly obvious. And they had that sit down right before I went off the grid. That was what, middle of July, uh, when they did that that conference with the Blaze and, they, and Tucker sat down with all of the candidates. And, and you could see that clearly Tucker liked a lot of what DeSantis was saying. Um, DeSantis, by the way, 45 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but for Tucker to say, I agree 100%, neither one of these guys should be running because they're too old. That, that's pretty powerful. As Brock said, as we showed you that clip, uh, it's surprising that that clip didn't go more viral because that's Tucker, who's, a, it, it's not that he's purely a Trump supporter, as I'm saying, but he is a major mouthpiece for, let's say, the MAGA movement basically saying, hey, head of MAGA shouldn't even be running. That is that is pretty powerful. But I also think there's something else going on with Trump right now. You know, obviously there's all of the legal stuff happening. Uh, Trump is not out there. Remember, he always mocked Joe Biden uh, for that basement campaign, right? Well, Trump is basically running a basement campaign right now uh, from Alex Thompson again. Uh, AP, Trump has not campaigned for three weeks now, last appearing at the Iowa State Fair on August 12th. Uh, we could contrast that, by the way, with DeSantis, who is going to all 99 counties in Iowa. Now, that's not purely based on age, and I get it. Trump is distracted with the legal stuff and all of that. Um, but maybe we are really seeing a changing of the guard happening, and it, it might be happening right in our faces. So what, what can we do about all of this? I didn't want to end the show on, on a purely political version all on a, a, a purely political explanation of all of this. Uh, I think when you see this stuff, the key is that you don't become resentful of all of it, right? Like there's a lot of BS. As I said yesterday, there's a lot of people that will, they'll bring it all back and they'll ask for more. The same people who were duped last time will be duped again. You'll be disappointed by people. People who used to make sense will be hysterical. All of those things will happen. But I think the best thing that you can do is not become obsessively resentful and negative within all of that. And uh, I saw this clip of Jordan Peterson talking about that, not from a political perspective, from a deeply personal perspective, uh, but I think it applies. Here's hell. Hell is when you get cancer and then you're bitter and resentful about it and you make your last six months a living fucking nightmare. And so you might say, well, you've got cancer and that sucks and no doubt it sucks and maybe it's unfair and probably it is and maybe even, you know, God and Satan themselves bet against you. 
you're going to aim up and maintain your dignity and your integrity or are you going to take a bad situation and make it into every goddamn nightmare you can possibly imagine well of course you have to aim up no matter what happens to you and you think well that's not fair it's like well it's better than the alternative yeah and what does fair have to do with it what's your choice you're going to dig a deeper pit are you going to have some integrity in the face of life's catastrophe? I think we know the answer to that because when you meet people who have integrity in the face of catastrophe, you're struck with admiration for them. Yeah. Right, right. So that's your heart speaking, man. It's like, I don't know how you do it, but, you know, I can't help but be an All right. So we started the show by talking about belief and that one way or another human beings end up believing and or worshiping something, right? And, and a huge set of people, unfortunately, in a largely modern secular world, end up worshiping government, whether they believe they do or not, whether they believe they believe it or not. What Jordan's talking about there is something else. What if in the face of all of the madness that we continue to face in our cultural madness and our political madness, Hopefully you watching this right now, hopefully you're not going through cancer. Hopefully you're not going through some horrific personal tragedy, health tragedy, family tragedy, or something else. Let's just say the tragedy is just everything confronting our society right now, right? If that's what it is, the best way you can fight it is with a little integrity. What if we all decide, you watching this and me, these guys in this room and, and maybe the rest of America, what if we actually all decided you know what? The race to the bottom is not the thing that we want to do anymore. We don't want to endlessly destroy. We don't want to endlessly lie. We don't want to endlessly ravage and ransack this once great country. We actually want to try to do something good. Well, the best way you could do it, perhaps standing up straight with your shoulders back and saying the truth. That is my plan. That is what I will try to continue to do. I hope you will join me on that adventure. If you have not subscribed, uh, please do at rumble.com slash Ruben Report. We've got a post-game show coming up in just moments at rubenreport.locals.com. Oh, and uh, we've got Governor DeSantis live uh, at 3 o'clock Eastern today on Rumble and YouTube and Locals. Uh, we were going to do it, as I mentioned yesterday, we were going to do it in studio, uh, but because of the hurricane, uh, his schedule got changed a little bit. Uh, but apparently there's some big announcements coming from the campaign today. I actually don't know what they are. Uh, but I know they wanted to do this at three o'clock today, so that'll be live streamed uh, just a bit later. And we leave you with the cold clothes of a man that two thirds of his own party say he's too old to be president. Ciao. Look, uh, and I want to thank uh, a good friend of mine, Michigan Governor <laughs> Gretchen Whitmer. You've got a backbone like a ramrod. You know, and of course, I know you've had an incredible role model in Marikisha Lance Bottoms. She's got a backbone like a ramrod. The vice president of the United States, yeah. Vice President Harris. How's she doing? You're almost two years in. How's she doing? She's doing great. She has a backbone like a ramrod. But the truth is, <laughs> she's the strongest person I know. She's a backbone like a ramrod. I see the world from where I grew up like many of you. I grew up in Scranton, as I said. My mom taught me. My mom had a backbone like a ramrod.
Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.